Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our podcast here at Victory Hill Church. Over the next few moments, our lead pastor, Aaron Begley, is going to share an impactful message with you from the Bible. We hope that it will encourage you to connect with God and connect with others. And so we're going to be wrapping up today our series entitled Fresh Start. And uh, we've been in this series for the last three weeks. And we're going to wrap it all up today and we're going to conclude it. But if you haven't been with us, let me just kind of give you a quick overview of where we've been at in this series. And so the very first week we said this, that your potential is connected to your patterns. That your potential for your life is connected to your patterns. And that if there is a destination that you want to get to, you need to create some healthy patterns that will ultimately gets you to the destination that you desire. And so we said it's not something new that you need, it's something consistent. And the reason it's something consistent is because God said he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. We just need to lean into some consistent principles and practices that he gives us in the word of God. In week two, we said this, that if you want a fresh start, you're going to need some consistent thoughts, that you will never change your life until you change the way you think. And so we need to learn to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, that your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so we want to make sure that our thoughts and the thoughts that we allow in our spirit are the thoughts that God has for us. Last week, if you were here, we talked about worship and we said this, that we all worship something. So it's not a matter of will you worship something? We are all worshiping something because the definition of worship is that worship is our response to what we value most, that you can figure out what someone values most by what they worship. And so worship goes even beyond just singing. Worship is a lifestyle that we need to live with God. And if we value him most, we're going to arrange our lives to worship him because God made us from him, he made us for him, and he made us to love him. And so we've talked in this series about our consistent thoughts. You could say last week we talked about a renewed passion for worship or having consistent worship, that we worship God daily. Um, And then today I want to talk to you about consistent prayer. Consistent prayer, that if you want a fresh start, you're going to need to have consistent prayer. And so really I want to talk to you about how do we uncomplicate prayer? How do we make prayer uncomplicated? Because the truth is, is that we've complicated prayer so much. We've made it so much more than what God intended it to be. God did not complicate prayer. We have complicated prayer. And so if anyone has ever found prayer to be difficult, if you've ever found it to be challenging, if you found it to be hard, if you found it to be confusing, and maybe even sometimes a little overwhelming, then I've got good news for you today. We're going to look at how do we uncomplicate this thing called prayer. Because it seems most of the time that we have this expectation of prayer that we've got to try to figure prayer out. You could say that we think we have to perfect our prayers. We got to figure out the right words to say. We got to figure out the right position to be in. We figure out that we've got to, you know, when does God hear me and why does God hear some other people? And so we've really tried to say, hey, I've got to figure this whole prayer thing out. And I just want to propose to you today that the point of prayer 
is not perfection, but participation. That it's not about perfecting your prayers, but it's about participating with God and moving into the things that God has already established for you. And so if the point of prayer is not perfection, but participation, then I've got good news for all of us today. And the good news for every single one of us today is this, that if it's about participation, the good news is all of us can play. All of us can play when it comes to prayer. I mean, you could say it this way. I mean, like this is like culturally acceptable. Everyone gets a trophy. Now, I'm not one of those parents that thinks every kid should get a trophy, but when it comes to prayer, if the point of prayer is not perfection, but participation, then we all get to play. We all get a trophy. So here's what I want to look at today. How do you participate with God in prayer? How do we participate with God in prayer? And so if the point of prayer is participation, And it's through prayer that we seek direction and we get answers to the things that we are dealing with and the questions that we're asking in life. Then a good question that we need to ask is this, are you living in the direction you are praying? Are you living in the direction you are praying? We could say it this way, are you moving in the direction that you are asking God to move? Are you living in the direction that you are praying? So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn them to Joshua chapter three. As we began this series, we started out in Joshua chapter five, and we're gonna conclude the series today with the story found in Joshua chapter three. Let me give you some context if you're not aware of it, that this story takes place in. This is the story of God's people, um, the children of Israel. They have been moved out of captivity, and they have been in a 40-year journey to get to the promised land, the land that God has told his people are for them. Moses, the initial leader of the people of Israel, has died, and Joshua is the new leader on the scene, and they are so close to the promised land that they can see it on the horizon, but there's one significant obstacle in their way. They still have to cross over the Jordan River, so they're almost there, but not quite there yet. And here's how the story picks up in Joshua chapter three, starting with verse one. It says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they uh, camped before crossing over. And so here they are, they're right on the edge of getting into the promised land. And here they are camped out before they are going to cross over. Now, some of you may be thinking, Aaron, it's just the river. Why is this such a big deal? Why is this so significant? But you need to understand how difficult of a task this would have been. By estimations, this would have been 2.5 million people that would have had to get from one side to the other. Joshua was responsible to get 2.5 million people into the promised land by crossing the Jordan River. And now most times of the year, the, the Jordan River is approximately only about 100 feet wide, and it's somewhere between three feet and 10 feet deep. And so when we think about a river, we're like, it's just, it's not that big, Aaron, it's about 100 feet. It's only three to 10 feet deep. But that's not the case in this story. We're gonna find out later that the Jordan River was in a flood stage. And when the Jordan River is in a flood stage, it is a fast moving current. It was approximately a mile wide and it is significantly deeper. And so this is a significant obstacle that they must overcome. The story goes on in Joshua 3. Verse 2 and 3, it says, After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. 
When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, so the Ark was the representation of God with his people, and you see the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move. And so if you're at home watching online in the chat, can you just write that word move into the chat? You are to move out from your positions and follow it. So we're supposed to move out from our positions and follow it. And so the people of God would say this, it would go on verse four, it says, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. And so you need to move and then you'll know which way to go since you have never been this way before. You've never been this way before. And so the people of God are looking at this mighty rushing river. And here it is standing in front of them. And Joshua is going throughout the camp and he says, when you see God move, follow him. When you see God move, follow him. You could say it this way. When God moves, you move. When God moves, we need to make sure that we are moving. Because you have never been this way before because they did not know what to do. He says, you need to move when God moves. I wanna pause on that thought for a moment. You've never been this way before. See, my hunch is that there are some people today who find themselves in situations, who find themselves in places, who find yourselves in circumstances that you've never been to or been in before. For some of you, maybe you landed a new job and all of a sudden you're in a management position and and you're having to lead people for the very first time. And you thought to yourself, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never led people before. And you feel overwhelmed by the circumstances around you because you're like, I've never led people before. Well, how are you supposed to know what you're doing? Because you have never been this way before. For others of you, maybe you are in a relationship. Maybe it's the first serious relationship that you've had and it feels like it's moving to a point of marriage and you feel a little bit overwhelmed. You feel like, man, I don't know what I should do next in this moment. And and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, how are you supposed to know? Because you have never been this way before. For some of you, maybe it's with your children. Maybe you are a new parent and you have a newborn baby and you're like, I feel so overwhelmed by having this child. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel, I don't know what to do next. I just feel overwhelmed. Well, how are you supposed to know? Because you've never been this way before. For some of you, you've got preteens and you're like getting on a whole new series of issues and messes. And you're like, I am overwhelmed as a parent because I have never been this way before. Maybe for others of you, you have a kid that's about ready to graduate high school and you're starting to look at college and what choices they're going to make and where they're going to continue their education or what they're going to do next. And you are overwhelmed. You feel like you are um, out of your league. You don't know what you're doing. And you think to yourself, I don't know what's going on. Well, how are you supposed to know? Because you have never been this way before. And it's in these moments, instead of feeling overwhelmed or getting stuck or doing nothing or stalling out or stopping, we have to ask ourselves, can you trust that God is moving? It's okay that you don't know which way to go because you have never been this way before. And so Joshua says, I know we've never been this way. I know we don't know what to do, but when God moves, I want us to follow him. I want us to move. 
You say, I just got out of a season of life and we're still kind of in that season as, as a leader and as a pastor that there was just a lot of moments where I was like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know which way to go, especially when it came to COVID. You see, I've never led in a pandemic before. I never had to make a decision that was gonna affect people. I never had to make those decisions in the middle of a global pandemic of how do we do church and what protocols do we put in place? And the honest truth is, is for many days, there was a lot of days I'm just like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never had to walk through this before. And it's in those moments that I wanna encourage you. It's in those moments that what I had to do is just say, God, I'll follow wherever you are leading. God, when you move, I will move because I have never been this way before. The story goes on in Joshua chapter five and Joshua said, he said, he told the people, now consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. This word consecrate is this really biblical word. I mean, it's a word that we don't really use too much in our vernacular, but here's what the word consecrate means. It means to prepare yourself or to get yourself ready. And so Joshua goes throughout the camp and he says, I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to get yourself ready for tomorrow the Lord is going to do some amazing things among you. And so you could say, he was saying, do only what you can do to get ready for what only God can do. See, I wonder today, and I wonder about how many times we miss God moving because we haven't been ready. We haven't prepared ourselves for the move that God is performing. I wonder how many times we miss what God is doing because we're not watching, we're not waiting, or we're not even expecting God to show up in the ways that he wants to show up. You see, the Bible says that Joshua says, I want you to consecrate yourself. You see, if you want a fresh start, you're gonna need to get yourself ready for all that God wants to do. We need to prepare ourselves for the things that God wants to do tomorrow. And so Joshua says, I want you to consecrate yourself. And so if you want to be set up for what God is gonna do, then you need to prepare yourself for the things that he has in store for you. And so it's maybe a better way to ask this question is this, is your life set up for him to show up? Have you set your life up in such a way that God can show up and do some miraculous things for you? Is your life set up for God to show up? You see this word consecrate, while it's a word that we don't often use, it is something that we often do. If you can think back to those moments when maybe you were a single person, or maybe you're single right now, or you can think back to when you were dating and you were single, and you were looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with. If you can remember those moments, then you remember what it looks like to consecrate yourself. Because on those nights, wherever you were going to hang out as a single person, you would go into your room and you would pull out your clothes, and if you're a lady, you would, you would get your makeup on and you would make sure your hair was perfect. And what you were doing in those moments is you were preparing yourself for what you hope would maybe happen later, that you were gonna meet somebody that maybe that you could possibly spend the rest of your life with. And so what were you doing? You were consecrating yourself. If you don't kind of relate to that analogy, maybe if you've ever applied for a job and you've kind of updated your resume and you've polished up your resume, you've made it sound a little bit better, you've changed some adjectives in it, you've made 
yourself sound better. And if you've polished up a resume, what you are doing is you're preparing yourself or you're getting yourself ready for what is to come later. Maybe for some of you, it's in your finances, like when you put your money away in a retirement. What you're doing in that moment is you're consecrating yourself. You're preparing yourself financially for what is going to come in your future. And so Joshua says to the people, I want you to consecrate yourself because tomorrow God is going to do something amazing. What I've learned is this, is that tomorrow's provision is tied to today's position. Tomorrow's provision, the provision that you're going to have tomorrow is directly tied to the position that you take today. Let me give you some examples that tomorrow's provision is tied to today's position. That if you want God to move in your finances, and that's the prayer that you have, God, give me financial freedom. God, set me up to be a generous person. God, I want you to move in my finances. Then what we have to do is we have to consecrate ourselves today for what God wants to do in your finances tomorrow. We need to learn to live on a budget. We need to learn to save. We need to learn to tithe. And what we're doing in those moments is we're consecrating ourselves. We're preparing ourselves for what God is going to do in our lives. Maybe for some of you, you're asking God to restore a relationship. And you're like, there's a broken relationship in my family and with my children, maybe with your mom or your dad, maybe with a a family member or a good friend. And there's this broken relationship. And so what you can do is you can consecrate yourself today. And what that means is you, you can ask for forgiveness. You can actually extend forgiveness to this person where there's a broken relationship. And when you do that, you're consecrating yourself. You're preparing yourself today for the relationship that God can restore tomorrow. When you confess your sins and you begin to recognize that you are distant from God, what you begin to do when you confess your sin is you are consecrating yourself. You're preparing your heart and you're preparing your life. You're saying, God, there's something in me that's keeping me at a distance from you. And so I'm going to consecrate myself today. I'm going to seek your forgiveness. I'm going to confess my sins so that I'm ready to live the abundant life that you have for me. And this is exactly what Joshua is asking the people to do. And this is what we need to do in our lives. We need to consecrate ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves today and get ourselves ready today for the amazing things that God wants to do tomorrow. Because tomorrow's provision is tied to today's position. Are you ready for what God God wants to do. So we jump forward in the story and we jump to Joshua 3 verse 15. Look how the story continues. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. And so we talked about this earlier. So it's, it's more significant. The river's kind of raging all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, as soon as their feet touched the water's edge, look what happened. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. What an incredible picture we see here. They move forward in faith. They prepared themselves and then they began to step out in faith and they get up to the water's edge. And the Bible says that as soon as they got up to the water's edge, that upstream, God stopped the water from flowing so that they could walk along dry ground. You see, we need to think about our lives for a moment and understand that even when we can't see it, God is working on our behalf, but it takes a step of faith. Think about your life for a moment. 
and the places that you feel stuck or maybe even the places that you're asking God to move on your behalf. And what it seems like to you maybe today in those places you feel stuck, it may seem like there's a mighty rushing river standing before you and there's an obstacle in your way to actually seeing God fulfill his plan for your life. And you're just watching the river race before you. But if you will step up to the stream, you will begin to experience the faithfulness of God and begin to see that upstream from a great distance away, that God has already moved on your behalf. Maybe for somebody you're looking for a job and maybe you've been looking for a job for a very long time and you've thought to yourself, I need a job. I just need money. I need any job that comes available to me. And what you don't know is that God has already prepared something for you when you begin to step out in faith, when you step up to the water's edge, that upstream there's some company that begins to kind of do new positions and they maybe have let somebody go from one management position and and God is opening up the door for you to step into a new position. There's a new opportunity that God has already prepared on your behalf. But here's the thing is you will not know what the new opportunity is that God has prepared if you're not willing to step to the water's edge, that when you step into the water's edge and when you get to that point, that upstream God is working on your behalf. You see, you have no idea what you are stepping into and what God has already provided on your behalf, what he has gone before you to already do. And so we have to learn to trust that God will provide what we need at the right time. We step up to the water's edge believing that upstream, God is already working on my behalf. You see, this is the truth. When you step out in faith, you're stepping into God's faithfulness. That every step of faith is a step into the faithfulness of God. This is what the children of Israel learned as they consecrated themselves, as they prepared themselves for the amazing things that God was gonna do. When they stepped out in faith, they stepped into the faithfulness of God. And some of you today, you need to step into the faithfulness of God. That your step of faith is gonna be a trust step where you're stepping into the faithfulness of God. And I wonder if anyone today has ever said, God, I don't think that you can come through. God, I don't know if you can actually work on my behalf. And maybe the whole reason that you showed up online on this snowy day when church is canceled is because you need to be encouraged and you need to hear these simple words today. Take one more step with God. Just take one more step with God and that every step of faith is you're stepping into the faithfulness of God. For some of you, there's a decision you need to make. There's a choice that that is before you. There's a step of faith that God wants you to move into and you've been scared to do it, but you just need today to commit to God and say, God, I am gonna take one more step with you, that God, I'm gonna trust in your goodness. God, I'm gonna trust in your faithfulness and I'm gonna step out in faith one more time and I'm gonna participate with God. I'm gonna move in the direction. God, I'm gonna move in the direction that you are already asking God to move. And so I wanna encourage you today and I want you to understand that there will never be a step of faith that you will take that you won't be stepping in to the faithfulness of God. Now look at how the story ends up in Joshua chapter seven, verse 17. The priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord st- 
stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. Don't let those words pass you up. They stopped. The priest just stopped in the middle of this river that was all of a sudden dry. And it's not wet, it's dry ground. And they stopped and they said, man, this is a move of God. Don't miss the move of God in your life. Don't miss what God is up to. They stopped and they're just like amazed and overwhelmed at the movement of God. And when they stopped on the dry ground, all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. You see, this is what it looks like to participate with God in prayer. This is what it looks like to actually move in the direction that I'm asking God to move. That we invite God into these moments and we say, God, I'm gonna move with you. I'm gonna put my faith into action. I'm gonna step out to the water's edge and God, I'm going to watch you move. To actually move in the direction that I'm asking God to move. And this is why God invites us into a relationship with him. So we can participate with him in the work that he is doing. You see, when you look in the New Testament, just about every miracle that Jesus performs required participation. It required something of people. The very first miracle that Jesus did when he turned water into wine, it required that a servant would take a ladle and dip it into the water and to put it into a cup and to serve it as wine at the party. When Jesus begins to feed the 5,000, it took participation. It took a little boy bringing his Lunchable to Jesus so that Jesus could take that Lunchable and that he could multiply it and divide it out between all the people. There was a Bible tells us about a man that was paralyzed from birth and it took participation for him to get his healing. It took his friends climbing to the rooftop, pulling back the roof and lowering their friend down to meet Jesus that day. It required participation. We see in the Bible, a lady, a woman with the issue of blood and it required her participation. She had to reach out and to touch the cloak of Jesus. Can I tell you something? That God wants us to partner with him with what he's doing in the world. It requires participation. He wants relationship with us and he wants us to participate with what he is doing. It's a very active faith that he wants you and I to have. And it's through prayer that God invites each and every one of us to participate. It's through prayer that we get an invitation to participate with God. There's actually a, an old African proverb that says these words, and I love it. It says, when you pray, move your feet. That when you pray, move your feet. That if when you begin to pray, you need to start moving in the direction that you're asking God to move. That you need to align your life with the words that you are actually saying. That when you pray, you need to move your feet. Let me give you an example. I don't know if any of you have ever had a car that has died out on you or if you've ran out of gas or the battery has been dead. But if you jump into that car and you try to move the steering wheel, it is nearly impossible because unless there is some motion with that car, that steering wheel will not move. But if you get a couple people that start to push that car, then all of a sudden you can begin to move the steering wheel. And the same is true through prayer. This is exactly what happens that God says, when you pray, I want you to participate with you, me. When you pray, I want you to move your feet. I want you to move your life in the direction that you are 
are praying. And when you do that, you begin to set up yourself for the move of God that he wants to do in you. You begin to set yourself up for the move of God that he has in store for you. You begin to see his direction for the situations that you're walking through, but it requires participation. When you pray, we need to move our feet. What does this look like in a very practical way? For some of you, you're praying that you, that God would send someone in your life that you can share the rest of your life with. And so that's a good prayer inside of your heart. It's it's something that you want to see God do. But when you pray, you need to move your feet. If you want a good person and you're out there going, God, just, God, can you help me find a good person that I can spend the rest of my life with? God, there has to be one good person in all of Fairfield County that, that I can spend the rest of my life with. God, would you show me who that person is? But when you pray, you need to move your feet. You need to start hanging out at places where good people hang out. If you are, that's the prayer of your heart, then hang out at some places where good people hang out. For some of you, you're like, you know, God, I just want you to pour out financial blessings. I want you to just move my life and move in a a great way financially in my life. Then guess what you need to do? You need to move your feet. You need to change your spending patterns. You need to develop some principles of tithing. You need to begin to save and not live and not try to live off the hundred percent, but live off of some margin in your life. And so you need to begin to move your feet. You need to participate with God and move your life in the direction that you're praying. So if you want financial blessings, move your life, do what you can do, and allow God to only do what he can do. For some of you, you're like, God, I'm asking God to help me to, 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 for this to be the best life of my, the best year of my life in my health. And so you need to, if that's what you're praying to God, then you need to move your life in that direction. You can't keep going to Taco Bell late nights and stopping two and three times and think that there's going to be a change. You need to move your life in the direction that you are praying. For others of you, you're like, man, I want this to be my best year of my life spiritually. God, I want you to show up and I want you to do something miraculous in my life. I want to go deeper with you. I want to mature in my faith like I've never matured before. And yet you still find yourself stuck in old patterns and old habits. And if that's the case, if what you're praying is, God, do something amazing in my life in the maturity of my relationship with you, then you need to break away from some patterns and habits. You need to move your feet in the direction that you are praying. You see, this is what it means to participate with God in prayer. We move our feet. We come to God. We do what we can do. And we allow God to do only what he can do. So are you living in the direction you're praying? When you think about your prayer life, when you think about the things that you're asking God about, are you living in the direction that you're praying? Are you moving your life in the direction that you're asking God to move? And so if we're gonna do that, we have to do this. Do what only you can do. There's things that you and I can do because God's called us to participate with them. So we do what only you can do while God does what only he can do. Do what only you can do while God does what only he can do. So I want to see God move. But if we want to see God move, we got to start moving in the direction by aligning my life, by stepping out and by participating, by stepping into the faithfulness of God. We have to move our feet. So let me ask you this as we get ready to close. 
See, the goal of prayer is not perfection. It's participation. Are you participating with God in prayer? Are you moving your feet in the direction that you're asking God to move? Today, whatever is on the horizon, are you doing what you can do while God does only what he can do? Are you moving? Are you participating? Because the goal of prayer is not perfection. The goal of prayer is participation. The goal is to move my feet in the direction that God is moving. So what are you asking God for? What is that thing that is on your heart? What is it that you've been praying for God to do? And whatever you're praying for God to do, are you moving your life in the direction that you're asking God to move? You want a fresh start? You want something new? You want this year to be different than last year? You wanna see God move in miraculous ways? Then guess what? It's gonna take some participation. It's gonna take you actually moving. And so if you want a fresh start, let's get moving. If you want a fresh start in your relationship with God, let's get moving. If you want new dreams and new visions, let's get moving. You're gonna participate with God in prayer and then you're gonna move in to all that God has for you. Let's pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that we would be a people and that we would be a church that is moving in your direction. That God, the things that we're asking for, God, that we would just, Lord, activate our faith. And God, that we would know that, God, when we step out in faith, God, we are stepping into your faithfulness. And so, God, there are individuals here today, God, that, God, they're in a season of life that they really don't know where they're going, God. It just seems overwhelming, and it seems more difficult than they could ever imagine. And, God, I just pray, Lord, that we would just be sensitive enough to know that, God, when you are moving, God, we want to move with you. So, God, allow, Lord, our prayer life, Lord, not just to be a one-way street, God, where we're asking you for things, but, God, allow us, Lord, to pray. And, God, as we pray, allow us to move our lives in the direction that we're praying. God, let us believe, Lord, that you are able to do the miraculous, Lord. God, let us consecrate ourselves, Lord. God, allow us to prepare ourselves today and get ourselves ready for the move that you have for us tomorrow. That, God, I believe on the horizon, God, there are great things in store for all of us, God. There's an amazing work that you want to do. But, God, if we're not ready today, God, we're never going to see the work tomorrow. And so, God, as individuals, Lord, let us consecrate ourselves. God, as a church, Lord, let us consecrate ourselves. Let us be ready for the move of God. Let be watching and waiting and expecting, God, for you to show up in miraculous ways, Lord. Give us a fresh start, Lord. God, let us, Lord, lean into all that you have in store for us, Lord. And God, when we pray, God, let us move our feet, Lord. Let it not, Lord, be a one-way street, but God, let us step to the water's edge, Lord, knowing that upstream, that God, that you have already performed a great miracle on our behalf, Lord. And so, God, today, God, we commit our lives to you. God, today, Lord, we step out into the street this river of prayer. But God, it's not just about a one-way communication, God. It's about a participation with the great things that you have in store for us, Lord. And so Holy Spirit, move in our hearts, move in our lives, and move in our homes today. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, church, I just want to challenge you today. It's to participate with God in prayer, to move your feet in whatever it is that God is calling you to do. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this message helped you to connect with God and connect with others. Be sure to click the subscribe button to stay up to date with new messages each and every week. 
For more information about our church or for an opportunity to give to this ministry, simply go to victoryhill.org. Thank you, and we hope you have an amazing week.